0: back on the air it's another week another episode of the passionate podcast i am your host ryan c green thank you for joining us thank you for tuning in to another show you know when you hear that beep and your head starts nodding you know it's time for the show so i want to thank you thank you all for supporting me thank you for following thank you for all those who are listening make sure you go ahead and tell a friend what on the air make sure you uh share the podcast out with your circle your network also make sure you go ahead and follow me on all social media at Raji speaks at Raji Speaks, leave us a five-star comment, something nice to say, whatever you want to do on uh, iTunes, shop, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all those uh, good podcast providers. We are on all of them. Listen, I want to thank you all for uh, tuning in again. And this is the show where we teach you how to get paid for what you know by building passion-driven revenue streams. And if one of the things you want to do is learn how to write and market your book, we have an amazing Workshop, a masterclass coming up soon in the city of Baltimore. So I want to share some more information about that. And then we'll get right into the show. Will this finally be the year that you write your book? Hi, I'm Ryan C. Green. And as an author coach, I get asked the same two questions all the time. Question one is how do I write my book? And question two is how do I sell more books? And at the Six Figure Author Mastery Masterclass, we're going to teach you how to do both this upcoming class we're going to teach you on day one everything you need to know about how to write your book in three days so that you can finally get off the couch and get your book done this year no more excuses i'm going to show you my proven system on how to get your book done within three days so that you finally can get your book published and then on day two we're talking all about how to sell more books how to go out there and maximize the revenue from your book so if you've not written your book yet and you want to finally learn how to write your book, this is for you. If you've written a book already and you need to know how to sell more books, this is for you as well. So you can go now and register. Space is limited. We're only taking 12 people per master class. The next upcoming class is open for registration right now at www.sf a masterclass.com that's s as in six f as in figure a as an author masterclass.com go ahead and save your seat right now www.sfamasterclass.com i look forward to helping you turn your 20 book into a six-figure revenue stream and welcome back welcome back welcome back so definitely make sure you go ahead and register for that if you're interested and learning how to write and sell more books. Let's jump right into today's show because we have on today a very special guest, uh, one of the coolest cats I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this, this guy is someone I graduated from college with. Uh, he's just a good down-to-earth brother, but I want to share some of his accolades with you. This guy is a certified financial planner. He is a five-star wealth manager that means he's been recognized in The Wall Street Journal recognized by Forbes magazine he's in the circle of success which is the top 15% of advisors with his organization he is a financial uh, wealth advisor extraordinary based out of Houston Texas right now I want to welcome to the show Mr. Mickey McGill welcome to the show Mickey
1: Uh, thanks so much brother appreciate it appreciate it appreciate
0: it absolutely i'm so glad to have you here because you know mickey on this show we talk about entrepreneurship we talk about how to help people go out there and build businesses but one thing we want to also talk about is just how to when you build that business what to do with that money how to manage that money so anytime i can get someone on here who can talk about wealth management is great but when i can get someone on here with the qualities and the qualifications of someone like you it's even better so thank you for being on the show today man
1: My
0: pleasure. My pleasure. Anytime. Great. So, Mickey, let's talk about your journey first and foremost. We want to get into some of the Mm -hmm. wealth questions, but let's talk about how you got into this industry and this field because, again, part of becoming a passionpreneur, I try to help people understand what it is to go and pursue their passions. And maybe someone's saying, you know what, 20 years ago, I said I wanted to become a financial advisor. I want to become, you know, a wealth expert and never did it. Uh, So talk to us about your journey. Was this something you wanted to do all along? Did you have a career change? How did you end up doing what you're doing right now, Mickey?
1: Yeah, so uh, I'm. I found out that I'm a planner. So in the eighth grade, I had a thirty-year plan of what exactly I wanted to do. I knew what college I wanted to go to. I knew what major I wanted to major in. I know what uh, what job I wanted to do. What career, what eventual title I wanted to have behind my name. Um, and then it all changed once I got to college. <laughs> so it, uh, I was, uh, I was in uh, uh, mass media arts. I had a full vision to be president of NBC. That was my whole goal. I was going to go in, you know, television optical services, be behind the scenes. I had no desire to be in front of the camera, but that was my whole goal. Got to got to Hampton University. Uh found out that you had to take this test in order to be in the major and uh I didn't pass it. (laughs) So uh I uh I decided to go ahead and change my major. Um I found out that I I didn't want to work for anybody else. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Uh, So I switched my major to business management, which was the closest I I could get to to what I wanted to do, um, which was just be an entrepreneur. Um, After college, uh, I started a business with my father, and it was a funding and financial service. Uh, We did that for about three years, and um, uh, my mom got sick. So I moved back home to Houston to help her out. And while I was in Houston, a friend of mine told me, look in the newspaper for a job, and I saw a job for a financial advisor. And I had a list of all the attributes to be a financial advisor. And it checked all my boxes on everything that I wanted to do and became an advisor. Um, absolutely loved it. 18 years, 19 years now, 19 years later, still with the same company and um, found out that teaching, educating, uh, showing people how wealth works, how to pass on wealth to the next generation was truly a passion. And that's where it really started.
0: Wow. That, that's a phenomenal story because I know we had people who, uh, may have had a plan maybe they 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 thought they wanted to do something and, and somewhere along the way they got off track uh but you knew what you wanted to do the whole time you, you pursued that and you stuck with this and have gotten to this level uh where you are now so um as you were building this i'm, I'm going to assume that it wasn't all uh peaches and cream it, you know you might have had some roadblocks along the way was there any time that you thought okay i know this is where i am uh but there was a, a, a hindrance or a roadblock in the way that kind of made you think maybe you should go a different direction. And then how were you able to kind of push through that to stay uh, for so long in this career, which has clearly uh, paid off for you?
1: So, so for me, what I, what I always found that if I work harder than everybody else, I'm going to succeed. So um, when I first started in the business, I, I, I wanted to work smarter and not, not harder. And everybody said the only way to start in the business is, if I well correction the, the veterans that I met they said if I had to change one thing that I did when I first started was build my book by referrals earlier. And so to me that was why do it any other way build my business through referrals but being a 24 25 year old you know you don't know a lot of people with money so it was a lot of long hours and, and, and dealing in a lot of debt cases and building the book the hard way. So it was a it was a challenging way to build my book it was literally 80 hour weeks that i would work but i didn't mind um you know the hard work i knew will pay off and and eventually it did there weren't any real serious roadblocks um that i that i that i had i had some you know downturns in the market where i had to work even harder than i did before but honestly i i i just put my head down and just didn't come up for air until i was successful that was my only way to really make things happen um, was do that. And it was really about building a referral-based uh, business from the beginning. And and the good news was I was able to be broke for a while, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't make a lot of money in my first couple of years. And that's where most people fail in the first three to five years. Most businesses are undercapitalized. Well, you know, making $18,000 a year, not a lot of money, right? right? Most people quit. So for me, a roadblock where most people would fail in the business wasn't was not an obstacle, but an opportunity. So when other people failed, I would sometimes take up clients that they, you know, brought onto the business and and got reassigned to me and work harder on that. Um, You know, if I, if they're leaving at, at five o'clock, well, I'm not leaving till nine o'clock. So, you know, the ability to work as hard as I did being single, no kids back then was probably the best thing for me. So I can just put my head down and and work until I'm successful.
0: All right. And that's what I was going to ask. because You kind of slipped that in there real quick about you were um, able to be broke. What What do you mean by that
1: so So because I moved home to help take care of my mom, I was living at home with my mom.
0: Gotcha.
1: so when I started this job, I was living at home with my mom, so eighteen thousand dollars a year for that job was 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 more than more money than I needed to to worry about, right? You know, I paid her a little money to help out, but honestly, I didn't have to worry about you know big rent and light utilities and all that stuff, so I was able to kind of build the business and not make a lot of money. Um, I got married <laughs> some of the years after and, you know, things changed. Right. And then it changed again when I told my wife, well, my wife and I decided together that if we were going to have a child that she didn't want to go back to work, that was one of our, our agreements. And I'm like, okay, fine. No problem. 2009 happens, and the market cra- crashes. Just devastated. I literally lost about half my income. Wow. Um, that was a challenge. But again, it was put my head down and work harder than everybody else. And my income doubled by the end of, uh, uh, of 2010. So I made up her income and then some in that year after the baby was born. So again, it's, it's you know, I don't, I don't see obstacles as, as, as problems. I see them as an opportunity, right? How do I turn what's going bad into something that works better for me? And sad as it is, when the market does, correct and there's a lot of problems that's actually a best time for an advisor because when people think that they can do it themselves and they lose half their money they realize they may be doing something wrong Mm -hmm. Um, so I just have to get out there to make sure everyone knows my story and hears it. Wow
0: Um, now we're going to get some uh, financial I I, want to word this right because we're not getting financial Mm -hmm. advice we're going to just talk about finances all right so all right so because something you mentioned and kind of triggered in, in my head was what would you, how would you, you talked about what you were willing to sacrifice and you, you know, you were living with your mom for a while mm-hmm. and you know, in the day and age we live in now, you know, it's like, as soon as you graduate from college, people expect you to go out there and buy a home, get a fancy right. car. You know, we went to Hampton, so you know right. how the perception is of us. So you, you know, gotta,
1: she gotta show up to homecoming. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you gotta get homecoming well, fresh. Right? <laughs> right. You know, you gotta come out there yeah.
0: and show everybody you made it. Um, but, right. but if you were advising uh, a new, you know, maybe new college graduates, 22 to 25 years old, what's some advice that you would tell them on how to, you know, maybe some moves, that again, not investment, but just some to, sure. how to deal with fi- that financial, uh, you know. I don't know that, that thing, you know, you know what I'm trying to say as far as. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, here, here's the thing. This is what I always tell people. Don't put golden handcuffs on yourself. Okay. Right. Especially right out of school. And a lot of times I tell my players this too. Um, you know, if you get out of school and you were broke in college and now you're making $60,000 a year, don't go living on $60,000 a year. You put handcuffs on your situation that You have to either a have a better job that pays more um, or you're going to be stuck at the same job. So don't go out buying, you know, a $2,000 a month apartment and a $600 a month car note. You know, that puts financial handcuffs on you. Golden handcuffs. They're nice handcuffs. They're pretty, mm-hmm. right? They're worth something, but they're handcuffs nonetheless. So if you have a desire that I'm working in a job and I want to quit my job and start my own business and you're you're making 60 and you're spending 65,000 a year having that lifestyle, then you're handcuffed to your job and it's harder to leave and do something new. Uh, when you have a bunch of more, you know, a mortgage, uh, you know, big rent, it just makes it a lot more difficult. So for me, it's always live below your means. So you have the opportunity to change your life when it, when that time comes about, that's all ultimately what it's all about.
0: Well, you know, people see that live below your means as a curse word sometimes, it's Oh, most crazy, definitely.
1: You know, but here's, but, here, but here's my thing. This is, and this is where it makes it really, really easy right after you you finish college you were broke already, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, next to $20,000 in your life is, is a life changer for you. Right. You right. know, it doesn't take a lot. You don't have to have the biggest and the best, you know, deferred gratification is a big deal. I always tell, tell people about, you know, compound interest and saving money up front. And then you have to worry about it later on, right? You save 10, 20% of your income when you first get a job, because again, you're not used to that income. It makes life 10 times easier. When you're 10 years later and you got a bunch of money saved up and you want to try something new, you want to have a job that, you know, you may pay you $10,000 less, but it's truly a passion project of yours. Right. You need to give yourself the opportunity to change your life when when your life is not going the way you want it to.
0: I love it. Give yourself the opportunity to change your life when your life is not going the way you want it. And that's awesome right there. Listen, yeah. I, I want to get this out because, you know, I, the reason I was stumbling on that last question, because I know when we talk to financial advisors, we have to be clear about the fact that we're not giving financial advice. So let me just get this disclaimer out there now. We're not giving financial advice. We may be talking about finances, but nothing that uh, Mickey is saying is, is going to be financial advice to you. So don't go calling me, don't go calling him saying he told you to do something. All right. So now I got right. that out. So I don't if I'm if I ask my question, if I use the word advice, mm-hmm. we understand what I'm talking sure. about. All right, great.
1: Most definitely.
0: All right. So let's let's go because now you've been doing the financial advising for a while. You've been recognized as one of the top in your field, the top in your organization. And, and recently, you've kind of gotten to another uh, niche, uh, uh, not niche, it's niche. <laughs> <So, Right. laughs> you've found yourself a, a, a new niche where you are also now in uh, NFL Players Association Registered Player Financial Advisor. Uh, and you're able to work with the pro athletes now, you know, I, I follow you on Instagram. So I see all the <laughs> games you're at, always up in the front rows and every, you were just at the, <laughs> uh, the, the college national championship game, Yeah, you know, so, <laughs> so obviously, <laughs> obviously there's some perks that come with your new clientele, uh, right, but tell right. us how you a- were able to, uh, get into this field of financial advice or uh, financial advising uh was it something you, you kind of stumbled upon was it that was your goal part of your goal as well how did you get into uh this and then maybe share the journey for someone else who might want to look you know look into being a uh, pro athlete financial advisor maybe some of the process they might
1: look into sure so it's a it's it's a <laughs> interesting story so um roughly about Four years ago, uh, I watched a documentary on on ESPN Thirty for Thirty uh, called "Broke," mm-hmm. um, all about how athletes. You know what is it? It's seventy eight percent of football players are bankrupt within three point two years of. Excuse me, um, after three years of leaving the NFL, and that is not necessarily bankrupt, but also in financial hardships. Right? right. Um, it's a it's, it's you know a pretty high number with basketball. You know, uh, people out of baseball when they leave baseball are four times more likely to file for bankruptcy than people who weren't a professional athlete. So a lot of those issues going on. Um, I'm also a mentor. I've been mentoring you know youth for about 15 years in our rites of passage program. So that's another one of my passions um, is mentoring you know the young men and the next generation. So for me, it was like I want to help. I'm at a point in my career where you know, it's kind of mundane. It's the same old, same old every single day. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, because I want to spend more time with my family, um, I have to work with a certain level of client, right? They have to have a, at least a million dollars to work with me now. I'm, I've kind of moved to that level of advisor. So for me, it was like the perfect marriage of mentorship, dealing with, um, you know, issues that are, are higher net worth, because that's my where my niche is, uh, is dealing with athletes. And the thing that really kind of – the straw that broke the camel's back was a friend – some friends that I had had a a very famous friend, right, a professional athlete. Uh, And that professional athlete was taken advantage of by his, quote, unquote, advisor and lost, you know, several million dollars. Um, And I met him several times. And I never approached him, never said anything because I always thought he had it taken care of. But, you know, I could have just looked at his stuff in five minutes and figured out something was going wrong. So – to me, it was like that was the, the change. The Super Bowl happened here at Houston uh, back in 2017, and I made a decision. You know what? I want to work with athletes. Now, there's something that one of my old managers said to me. If you want to make a change in your life, you need a MAP. And a MAP stands for a massive action plan. So for me, I had to create a massive action plan around going around sports because one of the things that's also interesting is, is that actually I don't really watch sports. I watch the Super Bowl. I may watch one playoff game of basketball, but that's about it. I don't really watch it. So for me, it was going into a whole entire world that I'm just not accustomed to. But I know there was a need. I know that people needed the help. And that's why I decided to to set foot in there. So I put out my feelers to everyone that I knew that was involved in sports, um, connected with a few people. And because I built relationships throughout my whole entire life, um, it was very easy for people that knew me, knew the type of person I am, um, know my integrity uh, and know my 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 work ethic to refer me to different players. So within three months, I had six NFL players and it was really from one referral source, a really, really good friend of mine that I knew back when I was in high school in write of passage. Right. So this full circle really kind of, you know, comes around is you need to find an advocate for you for your business. So, if you're passionate about it, you have all the opportunities. You need to find someone that's an advocate that can help drive business along with you, continually trying to get your own your own uh, your own clientele. So, flash forward now, going it's starting my third year now, uh, working with players, and I have 13 NFL players, one baseball, and a re- two referrals into NBA players. So. We'll see how it goes from
0: there. Wow. So, you know, you, you said so much in there. I want to make sure our audience uh, gets it. Uh, first of all, you talked about, first of all, well, before I get to that, congratulations, man, on that success, first of all. Appreciate it. Right. Appreciate um, it. You know, I'm, I'm glad I knew you beforehand because I can't even afford to yeah. hire you. So <laughs> yeah, I can't even afford, Mickey. Right, but right. at least we friends, though. <laughs>
1: right, right. Hey, give me some advice on the right, 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 right. No. We're getting there. What you
0: got for somebody <laughs> with $15? Right, right. Yeah, all right. Right. <laughs> All right, but you know, one thing you said was that you talked about, first of all, you made a decision. Um, I, I love that. And I talk about that a lot too, because people, um, a lot of people have dreams and they have goals and things that they say they want, but they don't make that decision. And you make a, you made a decision that, look, this is what I'm going to do. And, and from that decision, you put that action behind it. Uh, so that, that was a uh, very big, uh, also though, you talked about those relationships, you know, I try to tell people all the time, um, you know, it, it's, you need to treat people as if you need to ask them for a million dollars 10 years from now. Like, you know, I wrote this right. in one of my books, create a better you about building better relationships. You know, we, we get so caught up and I say we are speaking in general, but we get so caught up on, on if someone does us wrong, we've got to go and get them back. We've got to be pettier than them. Right. We've got to go and, and just right. get that out and, and feel good about it. But man, you talked about someone you knew from high school who set you up and really changed the course of your business from, from one relationship. And I'm just thinking about how that could have been different if that person and you had some kind of negative interaction, um, along the way. And when you needed them 10, 15 years down the line, you know, that door wasn't open for you. So, you know, we talk about those. No,
1: relationships. Most yeah. definitely. And so one of my, one of my, um, I'll tell you this too, you know, again, you never know where relationships will take you, but my, uh, one of my cousins, she told me the best, uh, form of marketing is birthdays. So, she told me that I was maybe a sophomore junior in high school. So I made note of everybody's birthday and I would call everyone on their birthday. And this is me as a 15 and 16 year old, you know, calling everyone on their birthday. And I had a whole spreadsheet of, you know, so many different people. Um, and did it for years and years and years. A lot of times people told me I was the only person ever calling for their birthday, but that, those things paid off 20 years later, 30 years later, you literally just don't know, how you can you know you know touch someone you know and 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 I I never did it for oh I'm gonna ask for a hookup twenty years later when I do this you you have absolutely no idea but just being nice to everyone and never burning a bridge is just a smarter way to live
0: yeah you know and and I'm gonna say this for the listeners and you know I can't think of a single person who I've ever heard say they don't like Nikki <laughs> you know <laughs> I mean I'm thinking about that like like you've always been that dude that everyone right. loves man and you you just right. your smile is infectious you, you bring joy to everybody so that that's right. that's why that you started when you were young man that's that's crazy so
1: appreciate it man. appreciate it appreciate it well, i try. No, yeah, yeah. you're doing good you're doing good right right, right. so
0: um uh, yeah. i want to uh one more thing before we had to get out of here uh talk mm-hmm. about because you are working with athletes um mm-hmm. and and african-american athletes especially i'm um, obviously that's not you know, you're open to anybody uh mm-hmm. but I want to talk about how you see sports uh how it impacts the trajectory of African-Americans. I know it seems like the only way that I don't say the only way, the two main ways we're going to, that, that we right. see us get rich is through entertainment and sports. Um, right. So obviously right. people that there's, that well, we know there's other ways to do it. Um, but how do you see sports uh, impacting or changing the trajectory for African Americans?
1: Most definitely. So I actually had a coworker of mine that was um, of another race. um, And he literally said, there are no black millionaires other than athletes and entertainers. Um, And it was an upsetting comment. And then he said, you know, of course, I disagreed wholeheartedly. And he was like, name five. Right. And I'm in the financial business. I know quite a few. Um, you know, billionaires and, and highly successful people. But even for me, it was a little bit difficult to come up with five names. Um, you, know, you know, again, when you say millionaires, you're talking multi millionaires, people worth probably $50 million or more. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, I struggled at that. So for me, it's take the opportunities that we have presented through sports and entertainment to change the trajectory of our race. So for me, I look at it saying, okay, you're an athlete. You make millions and millions of dollars off the field, on the field. We'll take that money and now look at opening other businesses. And it doesn't just have to be a restaurant or a barbershop. I mean, it can be something different. You can own, open your own tech company. You can be an angel investor and, and, and startup IPOs. And there's all these different types of opportunities, you know, create your own video game. There's all the opportunities that you have with your name that not only can you increase your wealth to make it generational, but give the opportunity to hire other people that wouldn't normally get their foot in the door. So using the athletes and using their opportunities to change how we're perceived is the way I like to look at it. I I give a list of the five wealthiest retired NBA players. I always talk to my, my clients about that. Um, most of the names you know, the Michael Jordans, the Magic Johnsons. But number two on the list, most people don't know. His name is Junior Bridgman. And he's worth $600 million. Wow. He is the second largest Wendy's owner in the world, right? He took his dollars that he made only about $700,000 while playing in the NBA back in the day and parlayed that into an empire. Well, now he's hiring how many people, right? He's changing the lives of how many African Americans, of people in their communities, because he has the ability to take what he did from sports and turn it into wealth. Generational money making opportunities for so many people. Wow. That's where I look at it,
0: and, and and never even heard of them. So I mean, exactly, mo- most, people, them, most people, right? Yeah,
1: you know. most people I have not heard of them. I, I every single time I tell it to a player, they're like, "Who never heard of them?" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> wow. But that's what it is, and and this is the thing too. And this, and I'll, I'll say this, another important thing. One of my, I believe, is one of my best attributes is that I don't get embarrassed. Mm. I don't care what people think about me. So, yeah, I was living at home with my mom. I don't care what you think about me. <laughs> you know, right, I met right. my wife when I was living at home with my mom. You know, and she was okay with it because I showed her that I had a vision. Um, you know, I, I remember at Hampton, I happened to run into a curtain <laughs> during a fashion <laughs> show. It would have been embarrassing for everybody else. I'm like, yeah, it was funny. <laughs> I hope <laughs> I got it on tape, right? Um, you know, I don't care what other people think. So for me... I'm not a flashy person. I don't have to have the big car, the big watch, the big dime. It doesn't matter to me. I'm still going to be able to do my job, and you're going to still be able to believe in me because of the way or how passionate I am about what I'm talking about. right? So that's one of the things that a lot of people fall into the trap of. Oh, I have to have this image. I have to show this in order to look successful. Look, just get the job done. Success will come, and I don't care what people think about the way I do or what I do.
0: That's that's awesome. I, I, I subscribe to that same thing, man. You know, we, we, mm-hmm. we, that's that it's a freedom in it, man. It's a freedom. Right. In, really? Is. In just being able to know, look, I know what I'm doing. And I think when you have that plan and you know why you're doing what you're doing, you know, you can just, you're not subject to those those golden handcuffs as you described them, uh, right. whether they be physical things or living up to the expectations of other people who feel like you should be living a certain way uh, with your life. So I definitely uh, agree with that. So listen, okay. make, I want to give you a chance to go ahead and uh, let our listeners know about any um, upcoming events, if you have anything, or how they can get in touch with you. I'm I'm hoping we have at least one or two million (laughs) dollar (laughs) listener.
1: Most definitely. Most definitely.
0: (laughs) Any any final words you want to uh, share?
1: yeah so again i'm I'm all about wealth creation and 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 changing lives. um My main focus now is really around athletics uh- at, at, actually athletes and entertainers i I do have a lot of entertainers um singers and uh and the and the like uh, but athletes and entertainers is really kind of what I focus on so you know anybody you know that would want to have a conversation, I'm more than happy to have a conversation with them. Um you can reach out to me on social media. I'm on just about every one of them as Mickey, <laughs> right. Mickey Miguel. Mickey McGill on Instagram, Mickey McGill on LinkedIn, Mickey Miguel on, 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 uh, on Twitter. Um, you know, give me a follow and, and, you know, reach out to me. I, I'm pretty good at uh, checking uh, my information and, and making sure to, uh, you know, follow up with people when I, when I do get the opportunity. Uh, but I do have a lot of, um, I do a lot of seminars uh, across America. Um, you know, I, I don't have any that, you know, are slated at the time, but you know, if you hear about me, want to see, come come on out, please come out, introduce yourself, you know, tell me you heard me on, on Ryan's uh, podcast here. I would love to talk to you.
0: Sounds good. Sounds good. Mickey, thank you so much, man. This has been a great uh, talk. I always love sitting down, rapping with you, man. Uh, So definitely thank you for uh, joining us on this week's show.
1: My pleasure. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for the invitation. All right, man.
0: See you at homecoming.
1: All right. Most definitely. (laughs) All right, buddy. Right.
0: And that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Passionpreneur Podcast. If you liked it, tell someone else about it. Go ahead and share it out. And also make sure you click that subscribe button and follow us and listen to every week's episode. I am your host, Ryan C. Green. You can reach me at www.ryancgreen.com. Follow me on all social media at Raji Speaks. I look forward to working with you, talking to you soon. And just remember, if the best part about going to work is getting off of work, it's time to become a passionpreneur.